It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 137 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig Fitzpatrick. The show after the show. The live show, that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Droney. Hello, how are we now? Cullum Regan. How's it going, brother? Yeah, we had a live show in the Workman's Club. Thanks to everyone who came out. And thanks great. very great much fun. to our guests on the night. We had Paddy Hanna, Christian Tierney, Lilla Vergen. All of them killed it. Yeah. Really, really good I love fun. Christian Tierney's interview in particular, so if you've missed it. Definitely go back in. It was great. Mm. He was very fascinating and compelling. Check that out. Thanks once again for coming. Thanks to the Workman's Club and Vinny Casey for having us and giving us a well-stocked green room mm-hmm. uh, with a Thanks zen-like atmosphere. Elaine well, zen-like. for a guitar amp as well. Thank you yes, thank you, yes. Um It was a real team effort. It was a real team effort, the gang. Uh, it was, and I feel like we all, no one really disgraced themselves either on stage or off, which is pretty good. Do we usually? You did leave early, Dave. Half two in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Is that early? Well, of a Sunday. Come on, yeah. it's a Sunday sesh. <laughs> there was another hour for people to make fools of themselves. What'd you do? I, I didn't do anything. What'd you I, do? I was momentarily on a dance floor, but that was about it. No, I was there when you went to the dance floor. Yeah. You couldn't resist the call of Blackstreet, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Who can, in fairness? I I'm resisted only human. It. I resisted it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it was good times, great memories. And we'll go back to the Workman's Club in a couple of months' time on Wednesday, collect the our 19th. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to collect our things. Uh, uh, Wednesday, the 19th of December, we're going back to the Workman's Club for another show. A show with a difference. It's quiz. Yeah. That's right. It's so the no encore big quiz of 2018. Yeah. Based on 2018. 
all culture, right? Just general culture stuff? Yeah, well, across the board. About half it's going to be music, and then, yeah. yeah there won't be any numerology or, yeah. Yeah, there'll <laughs> be some <laughs> general knowledge, some sport, yeah. the usual yeah. stuff. Mostly music, I think. Have we figured yeah. out how big the teams will be or how small the teams will Four, be? Four uh, <laughs> people per team. Four people per team. Jahi raised an interesting point. I've yet to set up the event page, and all therefore right. I can't give you any further details in terms of tickets or whatever. But don't worry, we'll do that next week. Yeah. Okay, Just yeah, block off perfect. your calendar yeah. for now, and we'll and fill yeah, in all the blanks. It's a thing about your team, I guess, is probably the most important. Yeah, that's the first thing you should do. Over the next week, put your team together, because it's gonna. it was tough last year, if you recall. There was a lot of fierce competition, and in the end, Team Zara Hedeman and David Tapley, a friend of the show, won the quiz. Did they? Can they possibly... <laughs> I don't recall <laughs> Please that being the outcome of the quiz. <laughs> Please don't start Are this again. Are we steering clear of controversy, Please Dave? Please don't start again. They actually won the quiz, fair and square, uh, despite all his best efforts to fake news everything, with his blue tick Twitter account, uh, in conjunction with Christian Tierney, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, blue tick brigade. Actually, we should have brought that up on stage. There's just too much that. to do, mate. I was too busy talking about the Blair Witch Project, which everyone, yeah. whichever, which everyone enjoyed. So yeah, um, it's going to be really good. There'll be prizes and all that kind of pizzazz. And next week, I'll try and have that page set up, okay? Okay. Thanks. Great. Good work, boy. Uh, speaking of uh, wasting time talking about the Blair Witch Project, uh, quick thoughts on Halloween 2018? It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd <have> thunk, huh? <laughs> bad film. Is it not good at all? No, it's pretty bad. Jamie Lee Curtis is great. John Carpenter's score is really good. That's Hold on, all these people are involved? Yeah. What? How did it's they a get... direct sequel to the original. So you know, like, oh, okay. There's been, I like, this was just there's like, been nine other yeah, films. I right? just assumed this was the latest. Ignore crappy. all of them. <laughs> it's a direct sequel to the original, okay. and it's pretty bad. It's okay. just a standard generic stalk and slash. It's it's. Did you get scared at any moment? No, no. It's crucially not scary at all. Okay, like it's not scary at all. Oh, that's not good. Not once. And also, uh, among the people that Michael Myers puts into the ground are a pair of cartoonish <laughs> podcasters. So that's a good update, isn't it? Oh, nice. That's great. It's yeah. Very current. Very twenty eighteen. Very topical. Halloween twenty eighteen. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I want for my Halloween movie. Topical. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the movie wasn't scary in the slightest, how about how, if the movie wasn't scary in the slightest? How about the news from the <laughs> midweek press conference in the <laughs> Westbury? <laughs> Let's have a listen to some new music from, <laughs> of course, podcast favorites. Picture this. And I'll be here, arms open, but you made it clear that you're not coming. So I need more than one drink to get over you. And I know it's not the right way to cope, but I don't know how to That was one drink, which Cullum and Craig did not have on Sunday. Hey. <laughs> Many drinks. Yeah, that's the kind of level of standard I'm dropping to for this. So, yeah, um, this news was delivered to me before it was delivered to the general public. The perks of being a journalist. Uh, so I had 24 hours to sit with this, knowing what was coming. I tactically took my break in work at 3 o'clock on uh, Wednesday, was it? I think so. Mm-hmm. So that I wouldn't have to write the news story. <laughs> Picture this. Our headline Dublin's three arena for an unprecedented five night run. That's right, listeners. Five nights. Garth Brooks. Is it, style. Impre- is it unprecedented? I think it is for a band. For, th- oh, for a band. three arena okay. as well. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I so, think for so a band. So for the point, is, yeah. it's a very different story. Uh, and what about the O2? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I'm actually not I don't semantics. Know about that. Literal semantics. I don't care. Like, okay, so the big takeaway is the, the, 
the, they're terrible and songs terrible. The press release was, was or the press like presser was crazy. It was just like really, really intensely like. Did you watch it? I watched bits of it. I kind of Facebook dropped Live. In out. Yeah. No, it's just really, really surprising. Obviously, this five nights thing is is absolutely crazy for a for an act like picture this. It's like really, really mad. The album or the song that just came out is like really, really strange because it's. I would put money on it being the first track that they've done with other songwriters. Well, we've, it feels well, we've had it so wildly different. We had right? the song there for a second. Oh, hang on, sorry. Oh wait, hang on. Jason Derulo's ringing me, and so is Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign. My phone's ringing, guys. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sounds yeah, familiar. sorry. Has that uh, yeah. always been your ringtone? Yeah, no. It, it, yeah, it's definitely not a song that's been ripped off by anybody. <laughs> uh, so essentially, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, where like they had their U two moment. They're on the roof of the Westbury. Mm-hmm. They were on the roof of the Westbury. Everyone enjoyed that. Now you say that you know. Uh, they've clearly worked with song art in this one. I'm pretty sure they're denying that. I'm pretty sure they're saying no, no, no. They tried to force that on us, but we're we're such good songwriters. Uh, no, well, no, 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 no. They, money <laughs> they said here that they had co-written this with uh, producers, and particular hip hop producer, which kind of explains yeah, 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 a yeah, bit of the shift in sound. And to be fair, mm. like I, this is. It's better. Uh, better than what they had before, I would say. Uh, podcast but rival Nyler Nine reckons it's a banger. <laughs> podcast so. rival. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people seem to be digging it. Uh, it feels a bit like lump and funky stuff to me. I don't know. It yeah. didn't. I mean, I mean, it's per- it's mediocre, but it certainly brings them more in line with you know what's on the radio I f- elsewhere. I find that guitar figure just that tone as well. It's right. very like it drops within in like three seconds, and I'm already out. I mean, they've just, signed. They've now signed a, a deal in the US, and you have yeah, to presume that this is positioning them during, towards the US during market. The, during the presser yesterday, they they had flown over the head of Republic to come and like talk, and it was absolutely crazy. He was like, he was talking about how they're like it's the first Irish act that they've ever tra- uh, signed, and he was he was <laughs> it was so funny because he was just kind of going like he was like yeah you know we're always looking for something that doesn't make sense you know and we saw <laughs> like the reaction it, <laughs> we, we saw the reaction that they were having here in Ireland and it just didn't make sense and that's when we know that it's going to be a thing and you, I was like oh my what? god was he... no like you know disrupting the market yeah, and shit. Exactly. this sure. is pure Silicon sure. Valley yeah, yeah picture this grassroots picture this are the disruption agency of the Irish music industry oh. did this uh, gentleman from public was he chomping on a fat cigar at the uh, he wasn't he had a very slick suit on and was introduced by Owen McDermott yeah who, who later got a tattoo later got a tattoo of the, the album, album title now the album yeah. Well, the album does mean a lot to him. Yeah, the album title is called Modern Love, which is very original. No, I think you'll find Dave. Yeah, they've dropped the vowels. Uh, see, I have, I have a Clever. theory about why they dropped the vowels as well. Before he got the tattoo on his belly, the main guy in picture this got the tattoo inside his, of his lip. lip. Yeah. And I reckon you could, you can't, can't fit it. Also, I'm sorry, Omidurma's tattoo is on the side of his body, not his belly. <laughs> like, it was on this, it's pretty like... It's on his ribs. Well, like it's a little bit lower than that. No, it's like, it's like it's on the, here. Again. Let's not argue. Like one of these is better than the other for a tattoo. Picture this as album title. Yeah, yeah it's know. not positioning. It feels it's like content it feels like, it's, like this is a joke that's gotten out of hand. And I to the point it's where not, it's a marketing genius ploy. It's just like what, the having Owen McDermott so get a fucking tattoo. Like, well, no, like I mean, it, it just really seems like I mean. They obviously this thing is going to grind up like it within five seconds of it being announced. It was being pushed to me on adverts through Instagram by MCD. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, why are they aiming towards me? They must be aiming towards the entire country and pumping yeah. like loads yeah, and loads yeah, and loads yeah, of money yeah. into it. It's a pretty I mean, somebody needs to kind of actually have a look at how they're doing the marketing of this thing because it's like 
crazy. And so, I, I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if they sold out just based on this like train moving forward. Everyone yeah. going, okay, oh my God, are they going to do it? They're going to be the first Irish actor. Yeah, you're suggesting they're too big to fail. I think they're a bit too big to fail. <laughs> too, too much to go behind down. them. Too much well, behind well them. to be fair, recently we were discussing bands who had the potential to sell out Croke Park. And mm. what we agreed was that like, it would have to be an event. It would have to be the sort of cultural moment that gets people talking yeah, about yeah. something other than a gig. And the fact that it's five nights, the fact that they're publicizing it in this way has turned this into that sort of event that yeah, yeah. just sort of supersedes yeah, that's regular true. They were dates. on a roof now, playing. We'll get, to, we'll get to Croke Park in a second. But first, I wonder what it's like for some of the picture this fans, the army, as they often refer to themselves. Like, how are they thinking about the new material and all these big announcements? Well, just so happens that I'm coming in from the cold. I'm coming in from... Yeah, I've had a visit to picture this uh, territory, and I'm back now. Hi. And essentially, um, it's mixed, I would say. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's actually interesting, yeah, the, the comments on their Facebook site. Uh, Have you checked in with your old friends? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh. um, I, I decided to go undercover for this one. So essentially, a cross-section, which I Dahi has prepared <laughs> by taking a <laughs> screenshot of three comments from their Facebook page. Uh, one fan says, To the people who are saying, stick with who you are, bands grow and develop through their albums. They try new things, aim to top what they've done before. Basically, everyone needs to carry on loving their old stuff, but enjoy the ride with them making new music. Fair enough. Fair wholesome enough. enough. That's pretty good. But not everyone's on board, man. Someone said, very disappointed. That's not who they are. Stick with your own music. This sounds similar to what's played constantly on the radio already. And someone said, that's not picture this. <laughs> I hope the album this shows <laughs> the authentic band. That. I find it hard to picture that. After seeing the conference and hearing the new song, I am disappointed about the development. <laughs> so strange that people can get. That. I mean, I mean, and that's quite interesting. Then that, like, they obviously have this like fan base who are obviously pretty into the music. And yeah, stuff, and this is quite obviously a change in in pace. And you'd be interested to see. It's like when Dylan went electric, really, <laughs> isn't it? <It's>, uh... <laughs> I mean, I doubt in a million years that it will affect ticket sales. Like yeah. this change. In music, well, no, but right? plus as well, the other thing is that you know if they're kind of trying to decide whether to get a very small slice of the US market or a large slice of the Irish market mm-hmm. that's a fucking no brain oh you go fucking Idaho every time yeah <laughs> <laughs> look I've given up trying to figure this one out and I really don't have any burning hatred for this band they are what they are they exist it's they've also doubled a number that they added the other two oh right okay I didn't know that a little while ago very quietly but I mean yeah it is it's there you gotta deal with it Get out of the way or sign up. Yeah. How many nights are we going to go? So I'm going to go to three. I don't want to ruin the magic. <laughs> don't want to go overboard. Like the first two and the last I feel last like that fourth might be the, the first the night good one, though. and the last night. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. like, there'll be unique moments. I don't know. I think the fourth. Because presume, the pressure isn't on for like the fourth, but they've nailed it. You know, do you like, reckon they're going to install some kind of unique throne for Owen McDermott for all five nights? <laughs> You'll probably introduce like a royal box. He's, he's, yeah. he's like a fifth member, really. He is, is he? Bit, yeah, he is. Well, he's he's pretty much every single thing they've done so far. He's been kind of in the. Oh, he's the Sven Galli, is he? He is the Sven. He's the Simon Fuller of this one, possibly. Great, uh, and the Coronas. Other home, <laughs> else? Well, if, if it's other homegrown pop spectaculars next year that you want, Westlife are back. A Croke Park date for Save July the fifth. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's their fifth time that they're going to play Croke Park. That's mental. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Like coming back to picture this, and I was saying, you know, like five nights in three arenas, unprecedented, and it is. But on Westlife's first tour, they played the point thirteen nights in a row. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's 13 nights in a row, and the following <laughs> tour, two years later, they played it for 11. 
Oh my it's god! It's absolutely incredible. Thirteen was a bit much, lads. Let's scale that back to <laughs> eleven. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Back to the roots. I guess it all comes down to like planning ahead and, and how you think a band will do. You know, like, that's the basic tenet of promotion. And I mean, I think we picture this. You could have found yourself in a situation, Colm, where you were like, you know, like oh, I mean, one night at the three arena. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they could do five. Yeah. And what do you know? They can. <laughs> That's an in joke to Colin interviewing walking on cars a few years ago. Yeah. And a trigger happy editor. It should but. actually be said who, whoever lands the support gig for those five nights oh, is going to be let's pretty tough. Let, let's predict the support. Okay, oh, so let's let's pretend there's going to be a different support act every night. It's probably oh, even the same one. So I'm going to say night. I'm going to say Wild Youth, At Little Hours, uh, Gavin James. No, it's no, too, it's too big. Coronas maybe. Coronas have opened for them in Belfast. Yeah, yeah that could happen. That must stick in. That must stick in Danny Roddy's line, possibly. No, 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 no way. Different label doing the thing. Too big. Too big. Different label. Okay. They're gonna want to give back to the youth. Not walking on cars. They'll probably get bringing like Jafaris or somebody to show like, hey, we're cool. We know good music. No, 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 they wouldn't. Mango and Mathman. No, only if they've got two under. Yeah, undercard performers. It's not a boxing match. What am I talking about? I think they'll do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. I think Although they'll do like was. an extended set, like Bruce, just to give the people like what they want. <laughs> three which hours. Is three hours. Of that's not just playing their regular set three times. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, we're out of songs now. Yeah, maybe they'll mix up and they bring in like Patrick Bergen or something. Like. <laughs> when I, I I saw the Blue Nile before and they're like such perfectionists. They hadn't rehearsed like all their songs, so for their encore, they just played one they'd already played. <laughs> that was great. Well, I congratulations to all involved. Yes. Uh, people have been saying, "Oh, Westlife as well." You must be hating music today, and I'm like, I have no beef at Westlife. No, they were being played in the office today. It was totally fun. Yeah, they're grand. They're nice guys as well. Or at least the three that I've spoken yeah. to. And I can only assume the last one was fine. <laughs> and they have, they have, oh they have very, very publicly denied Brian McFadden a big payday. So I can only respect that as well. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking idiot. So yeah, it's been left regards, out in the cold. I mean, like, look, picture this: it's all ahead of you. For example, maybe you should look to a heritage act like Fleetwood Mac for how to act and grow old gracefully, Cullum. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> new lawsuit filed by Lindsay Buckingham, Fleetwood Mac are disputing the allegations. It is headed for court, uh, despite the fact that the tour has already begun for the band Sons, Lindsay. Um, Mike Campbell and Neil Finn have replaced him, two for the price of one, and uh, he is, instead is on a solo tour, but uh, he has alleged that his share of tour income from the past few years and currently, because he says he still wants and is able to perform. Do you reckon if they make a film out of Fleetwood Mac someday, it'll be called Tell Me Lies? <laughs> or that'll be the tagline? <laughs> sure, yeah. No, no, no. That seems fair. That Probably. like a perfect Netflix documentary in title, in fairness. <laughs> Uh, so, by all accounts, he's been, he's been frozen out because um, Stevie Nicks was on stage during one of their kind of uh, final performances together, and she was giving a bit of a speech, and he had something that was akin to a wry look on his face as she spoke, yeah. and she pledged never to step foot on stage with him again, which is brilliant. We warned you. Yeah. We he, warned that face of yours. He's also said, like, it's like, after everything we've been through together, it's like, this is not the way Fleetwood Mac should end. It's like, this is exactly how it should end. This is completely on theme. Oh. Yeah, on brand, it really is. Like, I've said yeah. before, they're like the Netherlands football team <laughs> of the music business. It's incredible, and everyone's like, "I love Fleetwood Mac. The music's so much fun. It's so wholesome and life giving." And yeah, but they fucking hate each other. Yeah, yeah. 
I know, yeah. It, it's one of those things as well, because their music is so wholesome, like, you know, you usually hear it when you're quite young and probably, like, unable to fully grasp the intricacies of the band itself. And then throughout your teens, you actually learn, like, oh, they were married. Oh, hang on, what happened? Oh, Jesus, no! <laughs> <laughs> the fact they're still a going concern at all is I know. insane. Yeah, oh, All's a, well that ends well. I mean, incredible band. They're yeah. so, so good. Tremendous. And all those records when they were literally, like, at each other's throats and just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the more impressive thing <laughs> over yeah. anything. Well, in further buyer's remorse in the music industry, we turn to Craig Fitzpatrick for an extraterrestrial update. Uh, yeah, so Tom DeLong, who, uh, I don't know, we've probably been a bit harsh on in the past here with his, um, some of his really? utterances. I think so. I think he's got a lot to say about CIA, <laughs> um, UFOs, um, the truth being out there, and um, this company he set up, which, what, what was he promising, essentially? He was going to work with pretty high-ranking people within the U.S. government yeah. or certainly mm-hmm. formerly of the U.S. government and NASA. Which he to, apparently has lined up. To get to the, the truth out there and like kind of use his entertainment expertise, I guess, to make all this content and et cetera, et cetera. Um, he seemed to get a lot of people on board with it in like in a, quite a bizarre way. He raised a lot of money and it would seem now that the company isn't exactly doing so well. Uh, no, it is, uh, to be precise, $37,432,000 in debt. That's a lot of money. How it is a lot. That? Yeah, these factors raise doubt about the company's ability to continue as a growing... Yeah, at $30 million, they were like... Mm. One more chance. <laughs> but what's more, they fucking like clearly held an equity round worth fifty million to more than two and a half thousand investors well, beginning it, in September of twenty seventeen. Yeah. So that means, hang on, like that they got fifty million into the coffers. Yeah, no, and I, it managed to blitz through eighty seven million dollars <laughs> since that round began. No, I think if you want a bit of um Craig on business, mm-hmm. I think a lot Always, of that yes. a lot of that kind of stock and that kind of buy in is included in that thirty seven. So they're actually it's not real debt in terms of they'll probably never have to give it back, but it just means they're not they're not showing enough growth or enough stability as a kind of independent entity to be a going concern. Oh, so, right, yeah. okay. Um so but it's it's actually kind of remarkable when you see some of the names that have bought into him. Do you know what I mean? Like there's go on. Like I wouldn't know them offhand, but he has huge like connections. Yeah, like people, CIA and, people, NASA people. Yeah, he's been hanging out with Podesta. At the same time, if there's one way to stop the truth from coming out, it's from infiltrating the person trying to free it <laughs> and stalling oh. it from the inside. So Jesus, where are you going with this? I'm just saying. I just I don't know. Is that like a Muse lyric? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. It so would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I hope it ends well for him. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, 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 to be fair, people have ju- online just been going like, well, look, if all comes to all, like, you can just take Max Skiba's place again. No, the, the lads don't want him. They don't <laughs> want him back in that band. Anyway, so, yeah, in other terrifying news, an ad for Spotify, a TV ad, has been banned from airing on TV in the UK after the country's Advertising Standards Authority determined it to be too scary. Yeah, it's about a minute long. It revolves around a faceless doll, which is very creepy looking, I will admit, that comes to life whenever Camille Cabello's song Havana is played off the streaming service. And then people go missing in the gaff in a variety yeah. of blood-curdling ways. Dahi, have you seen the ad? Uh, I have, yeah. It's not that scary. I'm not that scared. Yeah. I, I was, thought the doll was kind of adorable. 
Adorable. Um, yeah, it was quite a funny ad. I wouldn't go as far as adorable, but I, I thought the ad was fantastic, especially yeah. especially the choice of song to go with it. Yeah, because it it's like all. the most innocuous tune and slightly annoying sort of ever-present earworm. It's pr- it's pretty mad how like Spotify like backed down so quickly with their like response and everything. They were just like, yep, yep, look, you're completely right. Screw this. <laughs> like, it's not even worth our time. We're good. We're done. Yeah. We're done. yeah the ASA ruling said that the fact that the ad was set inside a home, including a bedtime setting, and featured a doll meant. It was particularly likely to cause distress to children. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, if you're a kid, you're going to be freaked out. Like, I was terrified of Podge on the den back in the day. So was I. Yeah. Yeah, Kids are fucking soft. Creepy looking mofo. (laughs) Kids are soft. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That's that's my takeaway from this anyway, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so essentially, the Spotify uh, official statement is, look, it was created as a tongue-in-cheek horror parody intended to be a humorous ad to demonstrate just how catchy some tracks can be. We take our responsibilities as a marketer very seriously and continue to be mindful of the guidance and the effective and appropriate targeting of advertising campaigns. Craig, you work in the world of advertising. Yeah. Are you looking forward to having to deal with this kind of stuff? Um, oh yeah, it's great. Um, that's that's the best bit of the job, really, <laughs> dealing with all the kind of legal wranglings and re- yeah, regulations. Uh, Spotify in general are quite good in terms of their advertising. Like they're actually quite creative, and this is another example of it. So keep going, Spotify. Don't get disheartened. Jesus Christ! I'm sure they'll take land... that to heart, Craig. <laughs> trying to land the big fish there. Right? I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah very yeah. good. Well, uh, Spotify, of course, is how we consume music pretty much predominantly these days. Maybe you're an Apple Music man if you're like Craig. Maybe you're a Tidal guy. Or maybe you just like the old wireless, the old gramophone. Back back in the day, uh, I listened to, I I, I played music on Winamp, guys, and like Real Player, all these kind of things. It really whips the llama's ass. Uh, What? Oh, yeah, that was their slogan. That's their slogan. Whips the llama's ass. That's a terrible slogan. Yeah, yes. I, I think there was a picture of a, a llama. llama. It was on the opening up thing. Yeah. Okay, well, Winamp has been exposed. <laughs> you have, Dave. You should know this. Sounds like the fucking llama got exposed. <laughs> uh, Winamp is coming back, though. Um, well, what about was... the llama? <laughs> I think um, that's coming back as well, actually. I think the, the announcement guy said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to put that oh, really? Okay. I feel like the llama has seen better days. Um, essentially, uh, they're looking. T- it was bought by some company a few years ago. Yeah, Radionomy apparently. Good name. Bought it uh, back in 2014, and uh, their CEO Alexander Sabunjan said, "People want one single experience, and I think Winamp is a perfect player to bring that to everybody." This man is a lunatic. No, if they bought oh, this, off, this is a classic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they, if you can bring in your Spotify and your title, it's exactly the yeah. thing that we've been your looking podcast, for. Yeah, everything. Oh, yeah. like, you put everything in at the same time and Plus, then it's all there. Like when I'm back in the day it was such a good interface and it was just so kind of smooth and like unfussy and so if you have something that is that hub that is just like well, operationally now, I, see, I've got to be perfectly honest and say like I can't recall what it was like to use Winamp. I'm sure I did. I there, mean, the name. One of the, one of the reasons is, is because you could, you could you'd get skins on it. That was yeah, the big thing. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, it's right, different yeah, yeah. for pretty much everybody. But you know what? This is what I was going to say. I think it's good timing in the sense that it's not trying to revive a kind of a recently defunct yeah, yeah, idea yeah, yeah, as yeah. in like if somebody came back and said like you know the new version of Pandora is changing the way you listen to music you'd go ah oh, like, right, like yeah, you know it's, it's only a few years since that was yeah, both there and shit you can't remember the failures you just remember the glory <laughs> days of the various skins or you just don't even remember it at all yeah, which is a perfect way for a new idea to start yeah. what was kind of surprising about it as well is that the, the tech tr- crunch article that kind of covered it said that there's still like a hundred million monthly users still which is a crazy amount yeah. for something that hasn't been updated since like I don't know I think it was like 2013 or something like that. Well. okay so uh, someone who might appreciate old things Craig will let us know now as a 
quick preview of something we have coming up on today's episode. Before we get to our album review, we will close out the show later on with a lengthy phone conversation that Craigo had with his hero, Stephen Malkmus. Yes, a transatlantic chat with um, indie prince turned indie king, Stephen Malkmus um, of Pavement, who I didn't mention once and I was delighted with it because I was just like, <laughs> I'm not even mentioning his big famous band. It's great. Really? At one point he, he was like, uh, yeah, my, my old band, uh, Pavement, you might have heard of him. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And inside I was just going, oh my God, Stephen Malkmus said Pavement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he is, just like his songwriting, uh, quite wry, but also uh, a kind of great storyteller. Um, he's an interesting dude. We talked about everything from Drake and Toronto being a bit naff, which might anger some people, to his incredible new solo album, which is Sparkle Hard. And yeah, I think it's a good chat. Um, there's some quality issues at times, but his whole vibe is worth sinking into for half an hour. Yeah, Craig means so sound it. quality, not the yes. quality of the interview itself, because it was recorded on the phone and Mr. Malcolmus declined Craig's repeated suggestions to not walk around as gaff. <laughs> uh, and thus yeah. occasionally go into a black spot. Yeah, so. he's quite the stay-at-home dad like these days, so it was him like just get, a getting his morning spot, shit done <laughs> and the kids were doing stuff in the background. And yeah, yeah so look, listen, anyway. it's a phoner. We did our best. Hopefully you enjoy it. Yada, yada, yada. Look forward to that. And by the way, if you happen to be listening to this episode on the day that this episode drops on the Friday, the 20th of October the 19th of October is yes, the correct answer uh, go see him because not only will you get to see him play in Vicar Street I think it is or Olympia it's one of them I don't know it's Vicar Street it's Vicar Street David Tapley Tan and Felix is opening for him mm. Tan and Felix are opening for, for Malcolm which, 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 make, which makes is, total sense which makes me. total sense and, and will be great so yeah. go along with that if you can and if you can't well you missed it sorry uh, let's get to our album of the week it is Matthew Deer he's back with an album called Bunny <laughs> was of course called Bunny. <laughs> the song you heard there was Calling, the second track on this 14-track album. I'm a big fan of Matthew Deere. Uh, I guess as a primer, I would say that he is a kind of New York uh, avant-garde producer type, uh, specializes in kind of wavy, hazy kind of music that takes you to different places. I've compared him to David Byrne before. I've got a little bit of pushback from the guys at the table from that, but I think I'm not too far off, guys. I think he's a really good experimentalist who also has uh, quite a lot of pop sensibilities in his locker. I think he's a compelling figure on his own right. I think he mixes it up from album to album. This is six years in the making, to mm. some degree. Uh, mm. His last album came out in 2012. It's called Beams. It was very, very good. I'm generally into what he's selling. I was a bit nervous about this one because you know, I know he kind of collaborated with likes Tegan and Sarah. They're on a couple of tracks here. Didn't really know what to expect from him as he gets older and all that kind of jazz. But this pretty much worked for me from the start. I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I think the the, the first thing is kind of to say is that like Matthew Deere is quite known, well known for his his just general level of production. You know, he yeah. produces himself, and like from the get go, when you start listening to this album, you can immediately tell that this is like a cut above like most albums in terms of production. So much so that I got to the stage where I was kind of like. There's songs that I didn't really like at all. Like I wasn't actually into Echo all that much, but mm-hmm. 
the production of it was so so good that like it kind of really really blew me away. I, I'm not I'm I'm not as uh, probably into it as as you would be. I think there was there's a couple of really really good tracks here, but mm-hmm. it I mean I don't know. It's weird. You can kind of the the fact that it was been made for six years, you can actually kind of tell that because the, there's such a wild difference in so many of the different tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, like it, it varies pretty wildly. I think that uh, Modafinil Blues is probably the, the best track that I, I found. That's excellent. Has. He really really taps into his inner Bowie on yeah. that one. And then the one straight after that, What You Don't Know, is the closest thing to a TV intro that I've ever heard in my life. It's like perfect for that like True Detectives kind of bring in thing. And I was listening to it going, Dave Hannity. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the kind of thing. I know what you're saying. I mean, a track like Echo, for example, like it, like that in and of itself is up and down. It feels like just someone... vocal melody and stuff is just... But it know. feels like someone is like just grabbing his vocal cords and like as if, using them as if they're kind of like that cross trainer thing at the gym. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the cross trainer thing right that, now. That voice is really the, well known in those kind of techno techno kind of setups and stuff. There's a guy, Fritz Kalkbrenner, who kind of has a very similar voice. And I think it's a very... It feels a bit like a Berlini kind of like sound of these like deep male voice kind of things, almost Bowie or something like that. That like yeah. works through it. Um, it feels and kind of pitch shifted and modulated and just like thrown around, almost as like an experiment that like the listener is doing themselves, but they're yeah. not because obviously yeah. it's done in advance. I can totally see why that would throw someone off, and it is very arty. Is it too arty, Colin? I mean, yeah. I mean, like I got the feeling that this isn't a guy who's necessarily in love with his own voice because that obviously comes with its own connotations. But it's certainly somebody who's fascinated with it. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's determined to kind of put it front and. Center to the point where a lot of what I thought was, as Dahi said, you know, some very good production was almost kind of undermined or buried by that sort of like, you know, hazy baritone that he insists on putting over everything. It's that like it's not an album that's short of ideas, but sometimes you do have to kind of dig through to yeah. get at yeah. them. And, yeah. and frankly, when you get to them, they're slightly tarnished by that fact. He does that kind of lounge lizard kind of sleazy thing quite well, but at times also it, it feels a bit kitsch and it feels yeah. a bit overplayed and you do end up look, kind of looking for the emotional hook a bit at times. Like, I, I agree the production is immaculate. Um, he's got some really interesting musical ideas, but a lot of the musical ideas he's chasing and then kind of luxuriating in aren't kind of to my taste like I, I just don't it's not the kind of the avenues he goes down aren't musical avenues that interest me and the thing I guess about this record is it's so long in the making and he's talked about how the best thing about his kind of the place he's at in his career and what what he does is he can do whatever he wants and yeah. this is the sound of a man that's probably making this at home just raising a family and kind of just whatever whims come to him he, he'll like chase down those avenues and it's a bit jammy it's a bit Indulgent definitely isn't the word, but at times I felt like the songs were a bit flabby. He was kind of teasing out ideas that yeah. weren't really working for me. I actually thought Tegan and Sarah, Sarah um, those tracks, they added, it, they a, added a, a bit, like it, it kind of added a spark to it, a bit of impetus, a bit of narrative to it. And We'd those heard really the Bad out. Ones track yeah. last year as a single, mm. and yeah, I think it fits in here very well. I think it is the sort of glitzy pop that this album maybe even aspires to at times yeah at the same time horses the previous collaboration is most certainly one of those songs that frankly 
garbage pissed me off with it so much. Why do you hate horses? I do, why do people keep singing about them mainly? <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem? That's the question I've really got to ask here. Okay, uh, the, uh, like again, like it's kind, of, it's kind of that thing where I just started skipping like tracks the more times that I listened to it and finding the good ones and then s- sticking with them. Yeah, I think that last track is really, really good as well. Dude, a lot I of go. people kind of said that that was the one where he like just went way too. It, it kind of has the good parts of Moby in it. I think there's like this kind of. What are the good parts of Moby? Uh, like the, the vocal sampling stuff and and like the kind of the general like percussion-y kind of parts as well um i yeah i really like that track as well i, I think it's strong um craig you said you know maybe indulgent was the wrong word is myopic the right word is he lost in himself also you talked about the lack of emotional hooks i think calling the second track that we heard there calling is, is I think that's possibly a, my favorite track. fantastic song. yeah yeah um when he kind of knocks it out of the park like he really does but i'd say there's a handful of moments here i'll return to overall it's just it's kind of his tastes are not to my taste. There's right. a lot of stuff on this that's like reminds me of. I can totally understand why you dig it so much. Like there's there is Trent Reznor things there. There's, yeah, there is. Tech, there is techno kind of industrial leanings. Um, I do like it when he kind of adds a pop sensibility to it, and he's very effective at times. But yeah, just probably not for me. Yeah, I think it's 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 overwhelming. Uh, it does grab you and it does take you down those kind of back alleyways that you're like, oh, I don't know about this, Matthew. And, you know, sometimes you go with it and sometimes you run away screaming. Uh, I really admire him. I, I, I'm glad that he's out there. And I just find that he has a certain frequency and a certain single that pieces, uh, pierces through for me. I will agree that at times it becomes a bit of a blur, a bit of a hodgepodge, mm. and it is kind of hard to feel your way through. As a mood piece, I think it's pretty exceptional. As an album that you would maybe like pick apart in terms of just like track by track, it definitely lags and has some issues. It turns into a bit of a needle in haystack situation. Mm. But like I say, it's my kind of thing. So uh, seven point five. It's fair. To, it's fair to say. It's fair, it's fair to say that it's a mood piece and it is a well executed one at that. However, I'm, yeah, I'm just not sure that I am of that mood or ever of that mood. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a five point five for me. Um, I think if you're into your electronic music, it's definitely worth at least one listen just to go through and just even just marvel at the level of production and how like great it generally sounds. But overall, uh, there's are some really good tracks here, but it's not amazing. I'm going to put it down on like kind of a 6.5. Yeah, it's a 6 for me. Okay. Fair enough, guys. It's time for the old songs of the week. Can I have a number between 1 and 5 from uh, Zara Hederman, please? Can I have a number between <laughs> 1 and 5? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who just on, Zara's in this stormed studio? into the studio. She was, <laughs> Former co-host. One and one and five, please, Zara. When you're ready. Number three, please. <laughs> you're very welcome. It is, of course, friendly fires and disclosure. That was Heaven Let Me In, Friendly Fires and Disclosure. Uh, Disclosure have been very busy. We've heard a bunch of tracks from mm-hmm. them. Friendly Fires put out a track called Love Like This a few months ago, and we thought oh, it was okay if a little bit too Friendly Fires-y. I had the chance to talk to the lads at uh, Electric Picton this year. Very, very nice gentleman. Incredibly strong designer sunglasses game. 
they I were was, amazing at Electro Picnic as well. Yeah, I only caught a bit of them. Show. It was just so, so good. They were just like guaranteed to start a party. Like, they were so, so Oh, good. you're talking about the set. I thought you were still on the sunglasses. No, no, no. They stole the show. But here's the thing about Friendly Fires. I mean, what I got from talking to them, and I guess what you got from seeing them, is that they're clearly incredibly happy to be back. They're clearly very genuinely excited, miss their fans. Their fans miss them. Completely, yeah. And this for me is more, like, it's better in the vein of what I want from Friendly Fires. The last song was fine but it was a bit too paint by numbers. I'm not saying this one isn't, but it has a bit more verve and kind of life to it, and I found mm. it just generally enjoyable. Thanks to Disclosure. Uh, we talked about Disclosure <laughs> samples on the show a couple of weeks ago, and this is perfectly in keeping with those. But what's more, when we t- listened to Love Like Waves, we said that Friendly Fires maybe sounded like a band who were just like, still drawing from the same well as far yeah. as their ideas are concerned and that like you know they're re-releasing a song or sorry releasing for the first time a song that had been floating around for like you know six or seven years or something like that this to me like is just confirmation of that because it sounds less like a collaboration than calling up Disclosure and saying do you have anything we can use here? Yeah because this was kind of the thing as well because I actually didn't realise until we got these lovely sheets from Craig that it was actually welcome. features Disclosure because it doesn't say on Spotify that it there's no mention of of disclosure here. So right. is it produced by disclosure? Is that what the thing is? That's what Pitchfork said, mate. And if it's good oh, enough really? for them, it's good enough for me. Yeah, because they, 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 like, disclosure is not mentioned at all in the actual track yeah. listing. Well, whatever know. they've done, I like it. Yeah, I think right? it's yeah. quite infectious. Yeah. Um, it's my summer jam. Now, <laughs> <laughs> as so many songs are this October. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really good matchup, I think. And this is yet yeah, a lot more like it. They sound a lot like Wham to me on this, which is great. Is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Wow! <laughs> yes, yeah. Craig's Australian summer 2018. Yeah, I like uh, the kind of tropical. It's getting to that time of the year, and it's yeah. getting to that time when I will now ask Dahio Droni for a number between one and five that isn't three. Uh, I'll go for four. Yeah, you will. It's Run the Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> Run the Jewels, yes. Um, a disembodied voice in the studio pondered, what muck have they come out with now? And I'll tell you, Zara Edelman, it's off the Venom soundtrack, of course. That great film. That uh, bodes well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's called Let's Go, brackets the royal we. And it's fine, do I suppose. Do you know where it was supposed to be before it was on the Venom um, you Blade Runner. It was yeah, in the new Blade Runner. I could totally the Blade hear. Runner trailer, the original uh, music was supposed to be. Sorry, there's a hand up. Yes, Sarah. Come on, yeah. yeah, come on, come on. Sarah Hederman is, at, is as well. asking a question. How many times do they say run the jewels in the song? They actually do not say yeah, it as no, much as you would no. expect. No, they've they evolved. Do, <laughs> they do say how much <laughs> gangster they are. They do describe how, how gangster they are. They're 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 being very angry and attacking people a lot, kind of thing. Yeah, so. like Venom does. And essentially, I guess it's like it's end credits music and it's end end credits music as well. So because they put up a thing on Instagram where they're like, if you go and see Venom tomorrow night, make sure you hang around through the entire credits yeah. to hear our track. And it's like, <laughs> like I, fine. I think Seal's "Kiss from a Rose" might have beaten that one for pop culture, but. 
I don't know. Run the Jewels confuse me these days. I just want them to be really good, and they're kind of skirting It's kind of strange, because before RTJ3, you know, we all said, look, if it's more of the same, we'll take it, because this is great. And then RTJ3 was underwhelming, and ever since then, it's just, I think, just, we're getting fatigued to their I sound. Think it's it's like, the law diminishing returns. Yeah, it's nationalitis. They would be just too much. Too much of them. Too much of a yeah. good thing. I think they need. And a like, break. It, but, but it's kind of like the same things are here that make them great as well. I think like I mean, yeah. Killer Mike's verse is amazing, especially the first one. Yeah, but I it's amazing in that typical way. In that typical, <laughs> unbelievable. Run the I really, way. I really love the production on this, though. I do think it's a, a slightly different kind of turn. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's worth checking out. All right. Well, then give me a number. Number one, please, Dad. It's the Prodigy featuring. Oh, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> Friends oh, nine, of the nine, podcast. Nine, nine, nine. That's right. It's Fight Fire with Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Does the track work though? I mean, I guess this was an inevitable meeting of of monsters and mutants, wasn't it? Inevitable. I do this all the time. Like, I love the whole no 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 boys. They're great, and I'm kind of sad to see them slumming it with Prodigy, but at least they give it some fucking spark. Yes, I mean, I mean, they're just too enjoyable. Yeah, they're slumming it now with the Prodigy. That just shows the level of output from the Prodigy lately. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like, I can imagine this song being the soundtrack to like kicking the absolute shite out of someone in the live setting. I'm just not sure about it as recorded. Like, I th- and I think partly because you expect that like in a live setting, you will hear a song like this because it's going to kind of forego the detail and the nuance because yeah. it's all about energy and blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, this is a studio-made track. You can put a little bit of detail in there. You can actually, you know, hook people in a way that you might not necessarily be able to do with live instrumentation. And they just don't even seem to bother here. Yeah, well, I thought the boys lent something kind of... Um, Whatever special about this track the is them. Yeah, is them. That's what I was um, like it's something the prodigy need because they just don't. They can't legitimately be that kind of reckless, lawless thing anymore. So it's nice that they can kind of channel that. But by the same token, everything bad about it is the prodigy. But bits. what about what, <laughs> what about this weird tectonic steel whip crack pulse drum effect thing? I know somebody fresh, fresh it isn't it? Very like, fresh. <laughs> yeah, like you sound like a cool pastor yeah, there. Like it just, fresh. Like it just dropped the off the Wipeout 2097 soundtrack. Trendy. Yeah, um, nice reference, Craig. I know. The PlayStation uh, One Classic is coming back. It sounds dangerously close to a record scratch, which I was not on board with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just all the things that are boring in this track are the stuff that the Prodigy brought yeah. in. <laughs> would you? Would you? work with the prodigy if they asked you to die um like i suppose i probably might but like i would look probably probably like, like dollar dollar like, y'all yeah exactly dollar dollar y'all um, <laughs> give me the name of the track I, I don't know like i mean again it's just like all that stuff that the prodigy were well known for back then they're still doing the same stuff and it's just not nobody needs it anymore can you imagine like i was listening to this i made a terrible mistake of listening to this this morning at like Nine o'clock oh, when I was barely awake, and I, was just like, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I was just thinking about imagine having to be the prodigy, 
like all the time. Oh, you're just <laughs> so red. That's your world. Can you imagine, oh like, just God. constant, like, constant, like. Do you reckon oh, they can oh. go into, like, a coffee shop and order coffee without being outrageous? <laughs> <laughs> Probably oh. not, no. It's kind of just one bloke, isn't it? It's just Liam Howlett, really. I no, there's he's... producers and stuff in the background. Well, he's the main. It's just him, though, it's isn't just, it? Yeah. Think, and he gets, like... he gets some of the others in when he feels like a poor. I think, yeah. Do you think he lets, what, Keith Flint, like, press a button on a, <laughs> on a move? No, yeah. I don't think he lets no. Keith Flint touch anything in studio. Here's a microphone. Do your vocals, mate. And then I'll see in six years. Go to the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, it's too crazy. All right, we got two songs left. Call them two and five. Five. Dermot Kennedy on the rise, back over for a couple of gigs next week. This is called Power Over Me. Got that power over me. You got that power over me. Remember the lake in the moonlight. Remember you shivered and shone. I'll never forget what you looked like on that night. But I know that time is going to take me. I know that day's gonna come I just want the devil to hate me Oh, I Call and I'll rush out Call out of breath now You got that Yep, uh, two nights down at Picker Street coming up in the next few days Going from strength to strength and venue to venue Salma the Academy, Salma the Olympia, Salma Electric Picnic And now he's dominating once again How do we feel about this tune, lads? Uh, this is an, an kind of announced as the kind of the, the hottest record on BBC Radio 1 with Annie Mac, and that's kind of exactly what it is. It's mm. like built, purpose built for, say, like a BBC Radio type thing, which is kind of disappointing because, yeah. I, like, when I listened to this and then went back to, say, like, um, that track, uh, what's it like? Oh, you know that the one? The one that you love. The, the mom, one that I love. Moments that I, Pass. That I, is that I never remember, remember the name it's of called but I Moments Pass. do my own like, version of it. To be fair, he does. We were at Electric Picnic and Dolly <laughs> turned to me and he goes, I hope he does the one that I like. And I went, What one? And Dolly went, <laughs> And I was like, Jesus <laughs> fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that, that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, like, the production on that is amazing. And like, yeah, I really it's a great like song. That. It's a great <laughs> song. But uh, this track is pretty paint by numbers. Kind yeah, of I must be said, like, so disappointing. Like, I agree. Much of his previous releases, you did have that moment where you kind of like, okay, what am I listening to here? You know, am mm-hmm. I listening to an electronic musician? Am I listening to a kind of a folky musician? Am I listening to something in between? And this, there was never a point where you think, oh, this song is going in an unusual direction, yeah. or is even motioning to go in an unusual direction. Well, he's gone to that well where all the various genres go when they want to have that kind of hit like whether it's a Mumford and Sons with their folk or Kings of Leon with their kind of rock and they just reach this point mm. I did like I was very worried coming up to the chorus I was like okay this is going to be cliche overload with wordless hooks and blah 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 yeah. and actually he ducks a lot of those kind of more egregious kind of things and it's a bit more he, he pulls it back and tones it down a bit and it's a bit more subtle which looked fair play so that was my takeaway yeah he's dexterous about it however yeah. I mean I do find myself getting a little bit concerned because I mean the whole talk around this guy has been that like he basically had you know his pick and choosing of labels and who he wanted to work with and a key part of that was that he didn't want to just become a run of the mill chart artist yeah. mm-hmm. but of course if you sign him to a major label inevitably you're going to have to like flirt with that game I suppose and it'll be interesting to see if this is the new norm for him I hope it isn't. It's a perfectly fine Bob song, but we know that he's done better. We know that he can do better. And I wish he released that fucking song that me and you re- remember, remember when we were yeah, on Olympia. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, that moment. So yeah, uh, less. Uh, <laughs> you had to be there. You had to be. Had to be really. Less. Less of this. I'm pretty glad I wasn't for the sense of it. <laughs> less of this and more of that. One track left. It's uh, the man himself, Sampha. I'll take you home, I'll make you home You make me wish that this wasn't real 
The song called Treasure. Now, lads, try and describe this song without describing any previous descriptions that you've used to describe Sampha. The clock yeah. is ticking. It's not very easy, is it? No. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it is like less raw than what we're used to hearing from him. Yeah, there's but a big it, string section in the But it is still very similar. Also, to be fair, that like pretty much the opening line where he talks about learning how to sync audio phasing yeah and it's yeah, yeah, using yeah. synced audio phasing yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that made me laugh and i was like a sampha song making me laugh i did not but, see that coming. that's even, your musical season yeah, effect even like kicking in again <laughs> even the strings seem to be there to slightly disconcert you and like kind of they add a level of oh what is, what's going on here there's undercurrents and it's like there's no real um center to it yeah do you know what i mean there's a lot of moving parts and i quite enjoyed that about it yeah, I mean, it's to be featured in a movie, and I always yeah. say that, you know, when something is destined to accompany I've something on screen, before, yeah. yeah, you know, like, well, no, but that, like, you know, maybe, you need maybe the, the movement yeah. and stuff like that is sort of, you know, going to tie in there rather than just on record. Um, is it just me, or does it feel like there seems to be just way more artists doing stuff for film? Like, that's two now to this week. There was, like, another two last week, yeah. wasn't there? I guess it pays the bills. I think <laughs> it's a, it's, it must be a musical trend now that it's, like, one of the main sources of income. Yeah, yeah I, I guess a lot of people are more willing as well to work on standalone tracks rather than an album project. Yeah or whatever yeah, given yeah, yeah, just yeah. the and way that the industry is gone whatever, yeah. 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 but a good effort I, I really like it good job good effort yeah I enjoyed it as well he's pretty great that's pretty much it for the show except for the fact that we're now going to have a 30 minute interview <laughs> <laughs> but it's me and Stephen Malkmus so it'll fly by Craig's hot date with Stephen Malkmus now for your listening pleasure yeah so welcome to the No Encore show there's usually more voices but we didn't want to hit you with some weird morning zoo vibes um, so it's it's just me. I I, mm-hmm. I drew the lucky straw. That's okay if you can carry it off. Some people have trouble doing a podcast by themselves, and it gets boring. But others can nail it. Well, I've got you so, aboard, so it's you. it's a two hander today. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Is that a circuit you've kind of managed to escape on the whole touring the states thing, the the breakfast show radio thing, where you have to be ultra witty at half six in the morning? Um, yeah, I mean, you could, I don't know how much of that is going on now in our world, you know, like there's radio stations are all more online than they are the ones that we would be on. You know what I mean? There's going to be, although we did do a morning, um, becomes eclectic. I'm I'm sure you're probably familiar with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The top LA radio. What? Okay. I'm um, sorry to interrupt the uh, podcast. No problem. I like the ambience. A refusal of toast. I'm <laughs> refusing. I'm refusing toast for you, man. Um, <laughs> I've never been more honored. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Next question. What's going on? Would you consider yourself a podcast guy in general? I know you've been on, you know, Mark Maron's thing and you've you've done oh. stuff, but when you're mowing the lawn, do you have cereal on or something? I should listen to more music ones or funny ones, but I, I kind of go, you know, they have intellectual history. It's called the New Book Network, but that's pretty good. So I think I'm a sports and, oh, there's this rationally speaking one that I like. Uh, 
with uh, Julia Grease. I like that. I like, you know, the neo-rationalist okay. people. I like to uh, mess with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, um, you've got a lot going on. That's pretty I good. Podcasts are, I listen to them before I go to bed. That's the primary time, sometimes in the car. Um, sometimes I plug in the car, but lately I've been trying to just listen to CDs in the car because I, I have like, a, I don't know about you if you're of my age or something, but I have buckets of CDs, like so many CDs that I will never listen to them. <laughs> yeah, and right. I, I kind of caught the tail end of CDs, just, so I have enough that it's just disappointing that now nothing plays them. Yeah, yeah, but they're to me they're like totally like I could just listen to it and like throw it out if it was the seventies and we were still finishing our Coors beers and smashing them, just throwing them out the window, you know, like yeah. like we did when we didn't care about pollution um, yeah. as we pay for that now. Um, I could just like fling the CDs out the window, and I would have you know I could do that for the rest of my life, and I'd still have more. So. Anyway, the thing that's nice about them is, conversely, they're sort of relaxing because, like, you're kind of locked in. When you put the CD in the car thing, which my car still has a CD player, um, as they won't soon, um, you know, it's sort of, that's all you can listen to, and it stops you from looking at your phone at a stop sign or texting um, when you shouldn't be. You know, like, if I'm listening to a podcast and my, my phone's plugged into the car, there's all sorts of temptation to do bad things and to change also to change the, uh, you know, to change to something else to go, like, oh, I want to listen to this record on YouTube or something. Um, and so I'm just saying, yeah, it's like the old peaceful nineties. So smooth and just relaxing on the CD. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. You're making a very convincing argument for like CD nostalgia, which I didn't think was going to happen. We've had, you know, obviously vinyl, which Me, makes sense. Neither. It's going, it's going to happen. They're going to be really? worth something again. There's been cassettes already, which, that. yeah, people are still releasing cassettes, yeah. which seems a bit, a bit Troy Hart, Stephen. Be more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's another case where the Japanese are like a step ahead and smarter than the rest of the world because like CDs never going to style there. People are still buying them. Um, and now we're going to catch up again. <laughs> so, Stephen, usually when you kind of talk to a band um, about the release of an album, they're very excited, predominantly about getting the vinyl and just, you know, having this finished piece of art. It sounds like you're really excited about reading the liner notes of the CD. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm more interested in the CD than the vinyl. I, I you know, I do think of the cover art in terms of I mean really that's all it is you get a bigger a bigger cover image exciting to me see whatever you do in that bigger size and in a way it's sort of like a trophy or something you give to the uh, employee that's like leaving or yeah. been fired you know <laughs> that's how the record feels to me do you get trophies like, if you get fired here you go this well, I'm not a trophy, but a trophy is one thing that you would get, maybe. But you get a box a to clear your desk. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like a going away gift, uh, or something. Just something that said, like you serve really well here um, at our company. Now, for if you believe, 
Um, <clears throat> so that, <laughs> that's, what they, that's what I feel. It's some sort of memento. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Of what? a milestone or achievement. Um, <clears throat> but it's not realistic, you know. I, I think, I hope, and I imagine, and it's my dream that, there, yes, in the U.K., Ireland, etc., that there is a certain, you know, a, a man who, primarily a man, unfortunately, who, like, buys a vinyl record and goes and puts it on, like, sits there, you know, with his tea and reads his Mojo magazine and then, you know, puts it on and listens, you know, and listens closely, maybe, and critically, and, and then he actually weeps. listens to the words and yeah. yeah actually listens to the words and actually like says like yeah this is I like this album better than I like this is a good album it, you know those lyrics are extra good and the arrangements are quite clever and <laughs> you know that's the kind of person we're making it for a considered you know, verdict yeah that time <laughs> yeah yeah, it's yeah. Not, and certainly that person doesn't, you know, it only exists in the dream world of Mojo Magazine, maybe, but <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> no, it does exist. People are like that. There's people that are serious about their music, and I, I think of Ireland as having people like that, you know? I mean, so, yeah, man, you're on a music podcast right now, so we we are those people, for better or yeah. possibly worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm one, of the, I'm one of those people, too, you know, when I... When I listen to something, I'm, you know, I'm taking everything into account and why I like it, you know. And some things you like, you don't even know why. It doesn't obviously have to be because it's all perfect in a mojo sense. You know, you might like something because it's just, you know, two lines that or just or fucked up loop that you dig. So there's there's no. There's no prescription. Yeah, that's true. Well, Mojo favorite, I'm guessing. Vinyl makes me. Vinyl makes me. Vinyl makes me think of them, though. Makes me think of that kind of listening in the But you know. Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, Sparkle Hard is available now on all formats. Um, I'm guessing. That's right. Yes, that is very right. That's right. It is. Yeah. Um, it yeah. is, you know, your work is always kind of of great worth um, to me anyway, but this really is um, a, a glorious collection. I, I, I've loved it since it came out. A bit of a gap, um, like four years, was it? Which is almost Kevin Shieldsian by your usual work rate. That's true. It was longer. I did wait a while to do this. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of, uh, you know, you just do like, you just instinctually do like, it's, oh, it's time to make a record. So, you know, I'm like, let's go here and I'm going to make these songs. And I like this engineer. It's a good mixer. I'm going to go with that. And then I just do. So I've been doing that for a long time. And um, 
I've been thinking like that. And it, there's always been a certain amount of um, self-criticism uh, and, like, awareness of, like, how it should be different and stuff. Or, you know, I'm not saying it's totally instinctual. There's There's some conceptualizing, right? So, but this time... It's a long way of saying, and your Neo Kevin Shields thing. I'm imagining like, oh, I kind of skipped one step. <laughs> that record could have come out a year and a half ago, and it would have sounded different. So, but it, it so it evolved to a certain thing with that extra time. I'm I'm taking it as a positive. Oh, most definitely. You know, like, the, yeah, there was time to like do this. Like this song could be this way, but how would it be better? If it was this way, and a lot of things come into play too like where where the band records like we ended up recording it in portland at this uh this rad radical cool studio that kind of um, bloomed from nowhere because of a uh a really sweet guy named sandy bodecker who recently passed away um, the owner of the studio had a tragic, uh, he worked for Nike and he's kind of a skateboard shoe guru, you know, like a, for this indie shoe culture, he was like a leader at Nike, right? Okay. Like, so, like Kanye West. Going off on a tangent here. Yeah. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. <laughs> he was an awesome dude. He was 66, but he passed away tragically like three weeks ago and it's very sad. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, but he basically built the studio as a uh, creative workspace for um, people that either know about it or <laughs> gave them a good, he's not very picky. He basically just needed to know about it and be there at the right time. And right, he could right. work there for free. Right. <laughs> so, and it's a really pretty cool studio. So that, I didn't know that I was going to run into that situation. And that affected the way the record sounds. It, it has a a nicer sound, um, a, a little more, even though we don't have some name producers, you know, it's just me and Chris and the engineer and Joanna um, making the sound. It sounds pretty nice, right? You know, like it sounds pretty uh, classy. Well, yeah, it sounds like a <laughs> real... It's not always uh, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a real kind of studio creation in, in the best sense. I mean, there's a lot of kind of experimental yeah. for you stuff going on there, but it's never, I guess that, you know, the flourishes and the kind of the left turns, they never really yeah. feel superfluous. They're all kind of streamlined and they serve the song, I guess. They they feel inbuilt into the yeah, idea of the songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were able to do that on a budget, you know, like it's, it's Unfortunately, you know, these records don't sell that much. So you have to, uh, you have to mind, you yeah. know, no matter how good they are. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. You have to go to Ireland I mean, and do gigs. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, there could be like a, I mean, there's miracle stories every once in a while that an album, that a guitar album is like probably three or four five a year that, you know, stream a lot and actually can justify a 1990s budget, you know, like for yeah. an album, but if even, you know, it's bad. It just doesn't, doesn't happen anymore. But so we were able to do that and make a pretty cool album and, and within, within a, a 
one good thing is, you know, the industry does understand this and like for better or worse, the uh and the uh studios if they want to have people working in there doing kind of cool creative stuff, they they have to charge you less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just not possible, you know. <laughs> people have adjusted yeah, their rates. Suffers, not only us. Yeah. Yeah, they have. You know, they've been forced to it's just, I mean, so everybody in the gig economy, and and I think millennials are like completely used to being screwed over financially. So they're they just like okay, they don't even know any better. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, Whereas it's it's but, new for you. Like it's it always seemed like even throughout the nineties, well, and so you you kind of yeah. came out unscathed. There was never any. I might be totally mistaken, but like really bad raw mm-hmm. deals or disasters, you kind of came through okay. You know, put your head above water kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started my journey towards individuating economically, like. Um, in like 1990, um, there was a lot of jobs in New York, and New York really grew into this. It seemed like a Eden of uh, job opportunities for writers or um, editing, and there's magazines and internet startups and bands too, I suppose. You know, anyway, the city grew and the, the rents became four times as much as they were. I'm sure the same thing happened. I don't know if you're in Dublin, but... Oh, yeah, Dublin's going through there, there, a huge sure. thing like that at the moment where people are just being totally priced out and you have musicians who have very respectable careers saying they have to almost leave the country. It's it's a really bad state of affairs at the moment, yeah. Yeah, I know that. And uh, so anyway, that's what I, I went... So I went through a, a, just a barren time where New York seemed like there was crack files on the street. I'm not, I mean, I'm overplaying it a bit, but you know, it's like <laughs> you're scared, scared to wander through uh, Brooklyn, yeah. certain neighborhoods. If you were a suburban kid, you know, like being gentrified and, and sanitized. Yeah. You know, with this on the kind of subject of change with this record, it does feel like uh, even, you know, musicality aside, there's a, a feeling of like kind of permanence about it. I mean, you've talked about how, you put aside some of the more, you know, temporal nods or, you know, the kind of more flippant lyrics mm-hmm. you might have put in and you wanted to really, I guess, just have this body of work that was evergreen to an extent. Was that a, a considered approach, yeah? Um, yeah, at times. I mean, there is some humor on songs like Refuse and, you know, yeah, yeah. there's pop cultural references of a certain kind. Um, but... Yeah, you know, I just I've made some some songs that I ended up being singles and stuff, like the song like Senator or Lariat, which I you know, I just kind of being kind of cheeky with very cheeky with the lyrics and <laughs> and whatever came out of my mouth, I kinda of was like, Oh, that's who was saying that? That's that's cool, but then you know, it kinda of wears off on me. And then, I, you know, I started thinking, like, actually, that was kind of dumb. Like, why did I, <laughs> why did I do that? So, you know, I tried to I tried to be aware of my future self a little more. That's all, really. Yeah, I mean, I you guess know, if like, you have to keep singing the what? same jokes to yourself every night, that's, yeah, you're suddenly a stand-up comedian or something. Yeah, they wear out fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it can be, like, shocking or, or like, WTF the first time you hear it. So, 
Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm starting to think about writing some lyrics again, and it's, I feel totally like I have no idea what to do, you know? It's like, I just have to go down there and I work in the basement. I have to, yeah, I have to go down there in my body. <laughs> I have to go there. Um, but I, yeah, you know, it's like, what are you going to sing? It's just, uh, what is next? You know, it's always, I think that's an issue for a lot of people because a lot of songwriters. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that you were talking about kind of pop music recently enough and comparing it to like the, you know, meme culture and how it's actually very closely linked in, in terms of hooks and courses can drag you in ideas and especially, I guess, the more novelty end of pop music. And it's kind of all converging. What do you think about that kind of thing? I'm kind of at a loss of what, of how to gig that and how to, uh, how, how, I mean, it's capitalism really, you know, it's like how you, how you, uh, draw people in to your, to your thing. Um, and what, uh, what is kind of catchy to, uh, to the modern um, person or the you know the average person online um. like if you kind of approach Sparkle Hard like I'm going to do stuff that's more about you know the bigger themes or I'm going to put aside the one liners is that because the Twitter thing is taking care of that impulse for you it's just like whereas I guess back in the 90s your songs were your way of just getting off your kind of jokes inside mm-hmm. the more emotional content yeah I mean yeah, I guess if you, I mean, if you look at your, um, I don't know, it's, in the end, I'm probably just doing what I always did, and it's not yeah. much different, you know, even though I would like <laughs> to say it's not, um, you know, people it's don't kind of life, change. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you would listen to what someone who's followed my specific musical career, you know, they're going to hear the same person basically in the same place, you know, like I don't, um, or, you know, taking different tools and different, um, production frequencies and, you know, the technology of today, um, and applying it to the same, same, it's the same mind, you know, so it doesn't, I don't think we, you know, even, you know, I do a, a lo-fi techno record. It's probably going to sound, you know, you're going to hear anyone who's paying close attention is going to hear the same, you know, flows and same melodic mind and, and lyrical style. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few yeah, so. mentions of this techno record, and I'm getting excited. It it sounds like all systems are go. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out. It's not. I mean, and I I want I overplay a bit that it's like a techno <laughs> record. It's, it's just uh, there are some there's some tangents, and it's it's still all musical genres. It's just a little more of a toy record and a little more experimental, um, you know. But it's not like nothing you never heard before or you know what I mean there's like guitars and, and uh 
my voice and melodies and um but it's taken from a different it's it's like a different working process a little more in the uh in the computer world you know like some some electric drum machines and, and a lot of uh no, not as much air, natural yeah. air, you know, it's, 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 that's kind of what it is. Um, and so, yeah, that's coming out. And it's cool. I really like, I mean, I, I love to listen to it, so I think it's great, but like, you know, I'm so biased. It's like, I did it all, <laughs> but I can totally yeah. see that it's going to be like, not as good as I think it is. It's just <laughs> But you know, it's just like when you surprise yourself. I don't know if you write or anything you do, or you kind of yeah do something outside of what you normally do, and then you're like, oh, you know, I can do that too. You know, or I clever or something. You know, I think there's some of that bias going on. Um, Yeah, but will that record mean a kind of oh great? Will that record mean a kind of totally different um, touring schedule where we have to go to? you know, industrial warehouses on the outskirts of Berlin to catch you like at six in the morning? Or? Well, I think it will work. Well, I've been talking about it a little bit, like how to actually promote it. And it's going to be more like an alternative venue, but it, it doesn't really, I have even more like techno music, but I just don't want to, I wouldn't call it techno, but it's, it's kind of like Sheffield in 1981 sounding <clears throat> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voltaire sounding thing, but so it, and that could, but it it, it would it has to be more in like a small club that's not, not just it shouldn't be just in the rock club that you always saw saw me in or something and and a smaller place, um, but maybe a small kind of dark place where people still smoke or something, you know, um, and you can go there. It probably should start at 2 a.m., but it probably shouldn't be in a warehouse except like one or two songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe an art art context or I, I can't, I'm trying to, to conceptualize it in a way where, yeah, you, you get to see if you're interested in, in me or what I'm doing, just seeing it in a different, different place and, with, with a different vibe, you know, like. Cool, cool. Um, Stephen, uh, I won't keep you much longer. Um, I will say, aside from just the great music you've given us, you're always really a, a kind of great gateway to other music. Is there anything you've kind of heard in terms of songs or records lately that has completely floored you that you'd like to pass on to the listeners? Um, well, I, like on tour, we listen to a load of stuff on YouTube, um, just on my phone, you know, I have to be randomly cruising through it. Like, uh, I really like uh, Daytona by Pusha T, to mention Kanye uh, West, she produced that. I like the, Fantastic, yeah. This female artist called, like, Listen to the Kid, it was called, like, Midnight Freeze or something, I wasn't familiar with that, I don't know if you know that. Maybe okay. Maybe Rough Trade or something. Um, the, uh, you know, I like the new Parquet Court album, it's cool. I like the, uh, band called Ill. Um, Shame, it's like indie boys from London. Um, 
kids like that record. Uh, Jim O'Rourke's uh, solo record, I think. can't remember what it was called, but it was the most recent one. Um, he made it in Japan. I mean, that has some incredible uh, music on it. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that, but like the arrangements and the, the playing is really incredible. His voice is a little bit one-dimensional or something, you know, a certain way, but okay. it doesn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't kill it, you know. His voice is not, is the only, maybe, little caveat of Jim O'Rourke is kind of just like very cigarette sounding. <laughs> I just couldn't believe the music on it. It's so cool. Um, I think that came out like two years ago. And I believe I believe we're getting new Silver Jews as well in the near-ish future, right? Which is very exciting. True, true. Yeah, it's all done. I've heard some of that. It sounds amazing. Awesome. You know, he sent me some. Sounds warm and country and like kind of where he should be. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Amazing one liner. <clears throat> as always. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, Berman yeah. should be popular in, in Ireland for a certain, you know, maybe playing up the stereotypes of people uh, being into uh, singer-songwriters and clever lyrics and stuff, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to throw that on Ireland, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. But, I, <laughs> you know, that, that, that extends to Pusha T. I mean... Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> Were you were you on board for that whole Drake beef? Did you did you pick your sides? I kind of did. I mean, that was going on while we were traveling, but <laughs> I don't really get into it. I, Drake's all right too. I got no problems with Drake, really. You know, it's, it's, there's something a little bit obviously middle of the road about it, but like certain songs in the context of pop radio, he has a sound that's kind of kind of cool. It sounds it always reminds me of Toronto and I in a slightly negative way, but <laughs> Okay. How would you define Canadian, that sound? Okay. Uh, Canadian antiseptic or something. I, um the way that city feels kinda like um it's hard it's hard to find the vibe in that city because I don't know it. I'm and uh, there's no disrespect at all, you know, but it's not a place you go like New Orleans or something where you're like, oh yeah, you right. know, like I get this, you know, like yeah, I I, I want to come here for a vacation. Um, I don't feel that way with Toronto, you know, like, and that's just me, and I don't mean any disrespect to Toronto, but that's it's kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, going back to an earlier point, Drake is the master at, you know, latching onto a meme, I think, in his songs. That's what, what keeps him on top, I think. Yeah, he's, quite, he's got good producers. And, and he's, he's talented, he must be. <laughs> but that's like, the you know, if, if they, they certainly do say. Um, but you see, like, In My Feelings People become a huge it. hit because of the dance taking off and you have the In My Feelings challenge. Yeah. I feel like I feel like all the jicks need is a you know a shiggy challenge and just have people on the street dancing to it. In your way. <laughs> That's true. 
Thanks. You can, do you manage people? You can be our manager. <laughs> well, we can start that hashtag. Hashtag Shiggy Challenge. Some, and we'll get we some content some going. We need some ideas. <laughs> I got to go, though. I think I got another interview. You do indeed, and you've uh, we've kept you long enough. But it's been an absolute pleasure, Stephen. Um, enjoy the rest of your morning, yeah. and um, see you in Dublin. Absolutely, yes. Pleasure. See you soon. I'm looking Take forward Back. to leaving on Monday. Bye. Safe travels. You reckon he's going to call again, Craig? Or <laughs> well, I've got his home number, so I reckon I'll be cutting no, out. I, I will not you use up. that number um, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to freak people out. You should totally ring it. <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it keep it alright other listening corner do we listen to anything else this week I listen to uh, I might be interviewing Julian Casablancas this week so if that uh, if that happens right, I'm I so went, excited I went back and I, I read his Vulture interview and he was talking about you know there's some great songs out there where they get buried and one song that he was big about was one that came out this year by a band called Porches the song is called Goodbye oh, Porches are so good it's a fucking great song it's like yeah, 2 yeah. minutes and 20 seconds and he goes oh it starts a bit like Coldplay but it gets good in the end and he's right Porches are amazing I love Porches great tune melancholic <coughs> icy dance electro pop and I really liked it why have you been listening to Boils I'm still loving uh, Empress Of um, when I'm with him which I think is one of the best pop songs of the year um, her album Us is out today so yeah I'm very excited about that Highly unoriginal, just because of, I missed her the first time around. The Mitski record is one that I've oh, been getting yeah, into the last it. week or two. Yeah, it's very, very good, I must say. And uh, also, I gave a quick spin to A Star Is Born because I decided I won't see it. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I've just I've made that decision now. Basically, I've looked at my calendar for the next month, right? And I've just gone like, no, not gonna, not going to go here, am I? Um, uh, yeah, I, it's kind of what I was expecting, to be honest. Like, it, it's not very impressive. Although, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that on film is different. Uh, I mean, again, I don't like. Why am I all of a sudden like the fucking cheerleader for this okay film? Because don't yeah, he hate the defender? It. It's okay. It's got I, I a lot of I problems. Didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. Three out of five. Die away with this. It was three out of five. Um, I've been I'm gearing up to go on tour now, so I'm kind of uh, setting up my playlist Ooh. of like big dancey act stuff. And uh, I've come across which I kind of almost completely missed is a uh, totally enormous extinct dinosaurs released two oh, okay. tracks this year that are both unbelievably good. So if you're into your dance music, check those out. Is he still rocking the Native American headdress? No, he's not anymore. No, good man. He's, not. Good he's man. wearing a. a like a massive suit of armor now. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody. The Edwardians are calling cultural appropriation as we speak. I'm sure somebody finds that offensive. Uh, I also I haven't a chance to listen to it yet because it just arrived in my inbox today. But I think next week we're going to review the Robin album because that arrived oh. in my email this afternoon and it's nine tracks long, so it's already it's already already five star album. Well done, Robin. All right, okay, so that was the show. Thank you to Craig, Cullum, Dahi, and Zara. Thanks very <laughs> Thanks much. Zara. Zara. Thanks, Zara. Thanks, Zara. Uh, so, also, uh, Exit Music this week is interesting because I, I wanted to play a whole bunch of songs, but I was held down physically. <laughs> I was told, you're playing this song, mate. And it is, of course, one of Dahi's two new tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which features uh, David Tapley of Tandem Felix. The song is called Lavender. Why don't you tell us about it, mate? Well, I was thinking about it the last day, and the only reason that myself and Tapley met in the first place was because of Sarah Hederman and No Encore. Get in. in. So uh, I'd like to thank No Encore for this uh, this track that we put together. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Royalties, yeah, royalties on the mail. Included in the no Can we finish the show, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great track. Tapley really, really killed it on this one. He's he's absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, it's called Lavender. Hope you enjoy. Don't know. All right. <laughs> My name is David William Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Check out Dahi's other song, which is called Orange. But first, Lavender.
Feel bad. 
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.